0: I was 21 when I married Josh. I had been living back at home for several months and he had literally just returned from Iraq three weeks before we got married. We each had a little bit of savings, but neither of us had a job. Josh is joining me today on the podcast to talk about what has and has not worked for our financial journey. I'm Tina. I'm a wife and stay-at-home mom of three boys. Life is full of crazy, and I want to share it with you. I really want to do this podcast, but like you, I don't always have time to sit down and record. So we're going to fold laundry, bake, do all the things together while we talk. I'm glad you're here to walk through life with me. So glad that Josh agreed to talk with me today. Thank you for joining me. We're actually in different rooms having a conversation, which is weird, but it's not like we haven't texted each other from the other room before. That's like a normal thing to do now. And also, you should be glad that you're in the other room because I put on that nasty smelling lotion and now my office smells like that. So there you go. Um... (laughs) But like I said before, we had very little financial stability when we first started out. Unfortunately, finances were sort of left out of our premarital thinking and planning. I think we may have made a budget in our counseling, but that was a check-the-box kind of project more than anything else. Before we get too far, an important part of our journey was coming to the grips with the influence money had on our lives and relationship. So as a Google master, Josh, what have you found about finances and relationships?
1: Well, nearly half of American couples say they argue over money. And finances is one of the leading drivers of divorce, second only to infidelity and extramarital affairs. And according to several studies, about 41% of divorced couples said financial incompatibility was the final straw to end their marriage. And 63% of Americans have been living paycheck to paycheck. 70% of Americans don't have $1,000 in the bank. And that includes families. An average household consumer debt is $67,000. And 63% of marriages start out in debt. When you consider all of the the college debt that, you know, two different people are bringing into a marriage, a lot of people, they just, they never can really recover from that debt. So it's really no wonder why it's such a, a high, high stress situation in marriages when you just have so much debt and you just never seem to have an out. There's no way to get out of that. And so I could go on, but money is just such a huge deal especially important to christians because we're called to be wise stewards of everything that god gives us and money is definitely one of those things that we should steward so it it really is a big deal that has implications on everything we do as a christian
0: so in preparing for this podcast i started off thinking through okay well what did we have to prepare us financially for our marriage and um so I came up with a couple of things in eighth grade um I think it was just to fill fill an empty hour or something we had money matters where we had pretend jobs and pretend utilities and and everything but it was all just so pretend and so hypothetical that it was you know it seriously was just a fill the hour for a 14 year old and then, even with our premarital counseling, we didn't have a set budget because i mean, I don't know about you, josh, but i i had no clue how to do any of that research, and it was nowhere on my radar as something to focus on i mean what what did you bring into our marriage, take into our marriage for knowledge on finances?
1: I think you probably came with more than me on finances. Um, You know, I was in Iraq. Three weeks after we got engaged, I left for Iraq. And then three weeks after I came back from Iraq, we got married. So our entire engagement, all the premarital counseling, everything like that was done when I was in Iraq. And, you know, I didn't have to pay rent. I didn't have to pay for anything. So that's kind of where that That whole premarital, you know, planning out, you know, what the what money is going to do for you. So really the entire time leading up to getting married, I was in Iraq and I didn't have any debt. I didn't have anything to pay for. So during that time when I should have been planning for things, I wasn't. And so when we came into the marriage, I hadn't been planning. I hadn't been doing any budgeting at all. And, you know. Tina was living with her with her parents for a long time. So
0: No, I didn't have to plan out for anything financially because I I was home. And you you did have college loans, but because of your deployment they were deferred and so y like we that wasn't on our radar at all because it was in deferment. We don't need to think about that. We don't need to plan for that. So you come home from Iraq. And three weeks later, we get married, everything's right with the world, my soldier is home. That, that's all I needed. That's all I cared about. We didn't have a budget. We didn't. Neither of us had jobs. Um, neither of us had finished our degrees. And so we didn't have a goal or a focus as far as what job to pursue exactly being now responsible for all of the grocery shopping oh I was you know I was the wife and I was planning and I was doing the grocery shopping and so I was clipping coupons because I mean that's what you do when you want to save money you clip coupons and so I was buying things because I had coupons even though we didn't really need them but so so I was just making poor decisions we were both working retail there was no plan <laughs> No plan whatsoever. And I, I have no clue how we made ends meet Yeah, we back were, then.
1: We were looking back at that the other day and, you know, and, and thinking about this episode, trying to kind of budget out what we were doing back then. And we have no idea where, you know, where we paid for things. You know, I came in with some savings. Tina came in with some savings. But really, when you're living for a year and you're both working at Walmart you don't really have a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of extra income. So that savings was gone very quickly and we knew we had to change. Like we knew we needed to get a different job if we're ever going to move up in life. So to speak, we knew we had to change something, but we were still kind of a little bit too young. We weren't thinking through exactly what we need to do. And it's not necessarily that we were too young. It's just that we, um, naive yeah we
0: were naive and we also couldn't afford to finish school and then pursue that direction we were kind of just in this awkward almost stalemate state i guess
1: yeah until
0: you got your job in michigan
1: i got a job about a year after we got married i got a job in michigan so we were living in wisconsin and moved to Michigan. That job was definitely the the best paying job I had had to that point in my life. And, you know, the the big boy job led to the big boy house. So we we moved into that next stage of the American dream. And then we got a dog. And we got the furniture to fill the house. And we started all those new home projects because you have to start projects when you have a house. And they
0: find you. The, the home projects find you. They do.
1: They do. And then we started having kids. And looking back, I mean, we were nailing that American dream. Like all the check boxes that you had to check to live that American dream, we were hitting them. And we still didn't have a budget. As I said, I was making more at that time than I had ever made before. So we really didn't have a need for a budget. Um, you know, looking back, obviously, that's not true. But we just had no accountability. You know, we got a, a nice, pretty much new van and not at all saying that that's a, a, a bad choice. But for us to make that decision, we just didn't have any sort of planning that went into that. We just purchased purchased it because that was the next thing that we should do, because now we're having a, you know, we have a child on the way. So we need a new van for him. And
0: we uh, we actually we looked at a couple different vehicles at that time and we were presented with one that was just a couple years older and it didn't have what did it not have the rear camera or something and i couldn't get over the fact that it was red i didn't want to drive a red vehicle and so then we ended up spending how much more i don't even know i don't know it's just so ridiculous like we just so out of touch with reality
1: (laughs) so at that time we knew saving money was a priority But we didn't really understand how to do it. And so when you say, yeah, we're going to save this much money this month, or, yeah, we should really start saving up for our next vacation so we don't have to put on a credit card. If you don't have a a really clear plan, like something on paper or something that you can both talk about and communicate, it doesn't do a whole lot of good. So, you know, we get all the aspirations of having this solid budget, but until we actually decide that we needed a budget, um, it, it never worked out for us. So, at that time, uh, looking back, I know Tina was paying the bills. she was in charge right. of that
0: right. I had a I had a spreadsheet I was pretty proud of. We would not show that to either of our fathers who actually know how to make a real spreadsheet. but um i was I was proud of the one that I had come up with, um, you know, for planning out which bills came out of which paycheck because although we were getting paid, we were still living paycheck to paycheck, which didn't make any sense to me. I didn't understand how we were so close on everything. We didn't communicate well. We were using the credit card for financing these house projects and to pay off the different utilities. And so I would mark that, yeah, we have these utilities. And then I would pay it with the credit card and i know it sounds it sounds really foolish but then i would forget to then allocate those funds to pay off the credit cards it was i don't know poorly organized and no communication between the two of us it just wasn't adding up like i think i think i thought it should and and i couldn't figure out where the disconnect was between what was being spent at the home improvement store or what was i don't know it was there was just no communication
1: and looking between back us. and looking back also it wasn't necessarily that we were going into a gross amount of debt because we really weren't i think just looking back now we had the money that we could have done a lot of really great things we could have paid off the house before we ever even moved out probably you know, we could have done a lot with what we were making, and we just didn't have a plan. So, you know, we didn't go into a crazy amount of debt because of it. We definitely could have. We just didn't know where our money was going, and that was a that was a really big problem.
0: Yeah, that's yeah that that's it. That's the point. Um, then from that job, you couldn't keep that because you were out of the military. So we had to figure out what it, what our next step was in life, and we thought. Oh, working for a university would help you build your resume. So we started working for a um, small Christian university, and and taking that next step towards a better resume, we realized well to work here to get this get this next step. It's going to be a pay cut. It ended up being more dramatic of a cut than I think either of us expected. We were going into the red every single month, further and further into the red. And honestly, like we couldn't afford basic groceries. We couldn't afford a lot of stuff. We qualified for WIC and for food stamps. And that was a really humbling experience to then to realize and admit that, yeah, we need this government aid in order to feed our kids right now. There was a a local church that had a ministry for moms where we could go was it like every couple of weeks we could go and get like 21 diapers per kid and and that def- that was a huge help. It was it was just crazy all these little things that we had to participate in just to make ends meet. And honestly, if we had been looking at it now, if we had been better with our finances with the job prior to this job, I don't know if we would have needed all that help. That's when I started doing most of my shopping at Aldi because it ended up being the best price. You know, it was I was a I wasn't using coupons so much because Aldi didn't have coupons. you know, so I was only spending money on the things that we actually needed. Also around this time, Josh took over uh, finances, paying the bills, because with two boys and the third on the way, I it was just too much for me to try to focus on that too. So Josh took over that.
1: Yeah, and we knew it was tight. We knew every single month was tight, just because we had to really watch the bank account all the time. And so we finally committed that, hey, you know what, this, we actually have to make a budget. I started listening to several podcasts that were helpful, uh, but ended up being somewhat more frustrating also because a lot of them are trying to tell you how to get out of debt and how to do this and how to do that. And we were at the point that we didn't have the money to get out of debt. You know, we didn't have a lot of debt, but the debt we did have from month to month, we didn't have enough money to really make any sort of measurable progress toward reducing that debt, so it was it was really frustrating. So we knew it was tight, and it, it turned out, once we actually put a budget down, we had more going out than we had coming in. And, you know, looking back at it now, well, duh, like that's, of course, that that's exactly the problem. But it was a humbling experience for us. We sat down at the table one time in, in Johnson Creek, Wisconsin, and wrote out the budget, and said, Hey, here's, here's how much money that we have to make in order to keep up with where we are right now. And so we had to look and really prioritize what is actually important, like what is a necessity in our life. And, you know, it's, it's a very humbling place to be when, when you have a three year old, a one year old and another on the way, when you realize that you don't have enough money to pay the bills for the next month.
0: We even considered you taking on a second job working at Culver's just to stay out of the red, but trying to figure out how that would work and for you to still have time with our boys, it was, wow, I forgot about that. Like that was, yeah. that was not a fun position to be in.
1: So at that time we sold our van. It was a new-ish van, like a 2013. or it, it was a newer vehicle than either one of us had ever had. And so we sold the van and we bought a very well-used van and uh, it was red.
0: And if you know us today, we have a different red we van. Do.
1: Red <laughs> I've gotten van. over that. <laughs> and we were just trying to figure out how to take care of my family's future. Like how do I be a good steward? And so we made the a, a bunch of difficult decisions. I actually had to cash in a small retirement account to essentially make ends meet and catch up on what we were behind. And, you know, looking back now, you know, had I not cashed that out, we could be in a a very different situation now, much more secure going into the future. But it was just one of those sacrifices that we had to make uh, because we didn't track what was going on, because we didn't take it seriously. So after we got through those initial really tough decisions, we were still really tight. Like there's there, was, there wasn't a whole lot of wiggle room, but we knew where everything was going. We knew what the expenses were. We knew where we had to allocate our money. And so we were in a, in a much, much better place financially, um, even though we didn't really change we didn't really change my we didn't change our income, but we were in a much better place financially, just understanding what the money was doing and where it was going.
0: The biggest obstacle though that we had was communicating about the budget and and staying on the same page when we were looking at things individually, we never knew what was going on and it caused it did cause a lot of stress like there's just such a a strong need for that, that security because I couldn't do anything financially to help and, and just all of the unknowns, but I knew we weren't making ends meet. And oh, just it was just like, it was a tough time for a mom and a wife that need for security to feel secure. It was hard to feel like that knowing that our finances weren't working well for us. It took us quite a while to get everything figured out and to start that communication and keep up with that communication. But we started to get the hang of budgeting. And then Josh got a new job. We'll go into more of the details of, of this, what I call our nomadic period. The job ended up not being there and because we had moved. We had to find some place to live with our family because <laughs> we had moved in and there was no job at the other end after all. Um, so we, we were with Josh's parents for a few months and with my parents in their basement for a month. I mean, the great thing about that, living with our parents, was that we didn't have rent Thankfully, Josh was still able to find a solid amount of work hours through a company that he had wanted to be part of before. And like I said, this is a totally different podcast. We'll cover that story another time. But so he had enough hours for work. We were able to work our way out of the red. I was thinking about it while planning this podcast, the amount of joy we had and just I can't believe it feeling when we were officially out of debt. We were living with Josh's parents um, in Arkansas and and being officially out of debt. Like that was such a cool feeling. Now, we did end up tacking on a little bit more with all of the U-Hauls traveling around in that nomadic time period. But we, we started seeing progress. Eventually, Josh was able to secure a regular 40-hour a week full-time job remotely. And we settled down here in Kansas. By this time, we had been a little better at budgeting. But honestly, I feel like this last year and a half, we've we've really tightened down on our finances, gotten a much better handle. We use the program YNAB, which stands for You Need a Budget. Just being able to see it all planned out is super helpful for both of us. And I also meal plan, which has forced me to be more organized and more planned out and prepared for what I'm spending each week at the grocery store. I use little to no coupons, so I'm not tempted to splurge on a product I don't really need or a name brand that doesn't work any better than the off-brand, which is cheaper without a coupon. But our life right now is just... Comparing it to three, four years ago, we have this freedom that we found in in our budget. And that is just so wonderful. I love having the comfort within the boundaries. Josh, how would you describe our process as far as our budgeting goes now?
1: It's really a, a pretty simple process it's a little bit harder to actually put into practice but it's a pretty simple process um, we use YNAB it's basically it has a browser app it also has a, a mobile application and it's a fancy spreadsheet really i mean I, for me it, it's helpful for a lot of reasons you know using an app like that can really help you in the process of budgeting the important thing is that you give a job to all of your money whether that's going to be paying the mortgage, or paying the rent, or paying for groceries. It doesn't matter what that job is, but give the dollars a job. Because as soon as you have money that's unaccounted for, it doesn't really have a belonging, so to speak, you have no idea where that money is going. So you give assignments for the fun stuff too. So in fact, you should. you know Give yourself room to eat out or buy something on the Amazon daily deal occasionally. It's important to have those outlets so it's not so limiting. So you're at least free to do that stuff. And as far as my process, I spend about 30 minutes every week, just going through our budget and tracking expenses, make sure we're staying within our limits. At the end of every month, I reconcile the amount of money that YNAB says I should have. And I look at what my bank account actually has. And I just make sure those are even if they're not, I just kind of go through transaction by transaction and make sure they match up. And it just provides a lot of that freedom. You know, it sounds complicated, but it's really not. It's pretty simple. Initially, I felt that the budgeting was going to be limiting in what we could do with our money, so I didn't really want a budget because I wanted to have that freedom to do what I want. But the exact opposite was true for us. For instance, right now I have $28 I can spend on whatever I want. I don't need to worry about taking it out of the kids' clothing fund or Impacting our grocery budget. It doesn't matter. I can spend it on whatever I want and I don't have to feel guilty about taking anything else out of the budget somewhere else. And we've also found that the boys are starting to budget as well. They start to understand it a little bit. So, for instance, they know that dad's saving up for something and they'll ask me, you know, how much money do you have? You know, what are you going to buy with your money? And we actually set up a fund for them as well where, you know, they get a certain amount of money every month. Uh, Some people might call it an allowance. But right now, we're just trying to teach them the budgeting principles. So we give them a certain amount of money every month. And some months, they want to spend it on dollar store toys, or they want to go get a kite. And we encourage them to do some of that stuff, because it helps to, to teach them that once they use their budget, it's gone. And so over the last several months, actually, they've really started to take it seriously. And they'll talk about what they want to get with their budget. And we'll have a conversation about it and say, okay, so you get this much every month. So you're going to have to wait three months or you're going to have to wait five months to get this. And they get so excited about it. And every month they come and ask me, dad, dad, how much do we have in our budget now? And so they actually just bought an Xbox controller a couple of months ago. And they were so proud of themselves because they saved up their money over, I don't even know, three months, I think it was, to get this controller. And they're so proud of it.
0: I love seeing their appreciation for saving up and recognizing that that is hard work and making those little sacrifices along the way. As far as takeaways go from our financial journey, some of the the keys are, as you were just talking about allowing for fun money. I know for me, my idea of a budget as as well as what yours was was a budget doesn't allow for fun, like you're strict with your budget. And so giving ourselves that that fun money, although I I am terrible at actually spending my fun money because I can't decide what I want to use it on, and I might want to wait for something else. And anyway, I can't. I can't figure it out. And that's
1: not totally fair because you like to buy stuff for the kitchen, and I won't let you spend fun money.
0: I know, but
1: I'm getting stuff for the kitchen. Kitchen
0: stuff is fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> so then you take it out of household, and then I'm back with my fun money budget, the same, <laughs> the same amount it was. But um, also, just having that fun money budget, I can. I can buy myself a $5 latte if I really want to, but it's just created, with the whole budgeting, it's just created a greater appreciation for each dollar and all the funds that we do have. I'm much more hesitant to spend my $5 on a sugary coffee drink And instead save it up for something I'd rather have. Another huge takeaway, like mega huge, is communication. Our communication about finances has... it doesn't compare at all to when we started off and we had no clue what we were doing and we didn't know how to talk about it. And it just kind of almost, it almost felt like a taboo topic.
1: Yeah. I remember we were listening to some pastor and they were talking about having a business meeting with, with his wife. And we just thought that was so, so strange. Um, But now we end up having business meetings. I don't know, probably once a week. Sometimes, sometimes they're more informal than others. Uh, But it's, Basically, just sitting down on on the computer or opening the app on my phone and just saying, "Hey, here's what the budget looks like. We have this much left in this category here, and you know, we can move stuff around. So just because we only have this much money for this month, if we have a need to rise in that category, we'll just pull something from a different category. But it's a, it's a matter of you know, Tina and I being on the same page." and we can always go back. We have the apps on our phones so we can always look at our budget and understand exactly where we are. So that communication is just such a such a big deal. You know, when I say that I am paying all the bills now, yes, I'm actually, you know, logging into the accounts, but Tina is involved in that entire process and she knows exactly how much money I am paying. And having that communication around the budget is very very important.
0: Well and it doesn't take a lot of time either to have our our business meeting is not as long as, you know, your business meeting at church. But our our business meeting is I don't know, maybe 10 minutes of just a little overview like hey, here's where we're at. How much do you think groceries are going to be next week? Okay, this it was this last week. Yeah, okay, it'll be this or that, whatever. And then we just kind of okay. You know, and adjust as needed, but it's it's not it's not a big drawn out thing. It's just, the, you know, those little check-ins. Actually, just a few days ago, we had our water heater. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, our our water heater is it is leaving us. And we had a a plumber come out to do an estimate and and he wanted he wanted Josh to make that decision right there on the spot. And yes, I'm going to do this because we need a hot water heater and and Josh You held your ground.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did. Yeah, he was a little bit pushy about it. And, you know, he gave me this this big quote. And for me, I mean, I had already been talking with Tina over the last 12 to 18 months about, you know, finances. And we've already been on the same page and we're communicating often about it. So I wasn't going to make a a decision just on a whim. So I told him, I'm going to talk to my wife first. And, you know, I have your card, so I'll give you a call back. And it's not that we didn't have the money because we actually do have the money, you know, we have that emergency fund, that we would have been able to cover the quote that he gave us. But it's that constant communication about finances, that I was perfectly comfortable just saying, Nope, I don't want to make this decision without without Tina, he was a little confused, that I wasn't going to make the big boy decision to, you know, just go ahead and pay for this water heater. But it's okay. Because you know, it's something that we've discussed. And we're, we're very open and honest with each other about. And I was just very comfortable saying, no, I'm not going to make this decision without having the time to you know, talk to Tina about it, talk to my wife about it.
0: Communication is key. I don't, I don't even think beneficial is a good enough word. Josh, give me a stronger word.
1: <laughs> critical.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Critical sounds mean. Crucial. Crucial also sounds mean. It sounds like hospitals.
1: Epic. Epic.
0: Epic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Communication is epic.
0: Communication is epic.
1: I'm going to keep that in there.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Budgets are not something that we need to be afraid of. And they do not need to be intimidating. Budgeting has allowed for us to uh, foster financial freedom. And that is a great Place to be.
1: And if anyone is interested in trying YNAV for a month, I have a a link in the show notes and you can just click on that and you can try it for free for a month and see if it works for you. It might not work for you. You know, there are a lot of other free apps out there. If you're an Excel spreadsheet type of person, do it in Excel spreadsheet. But it's just an option that you do have to test it out for a, a month and see if it does work for you.